0: All over place. Go down, been, go the place. The 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 mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm.
0: right. There's this
2: experience that I know is shared by other families like ours. <laughs> <laughs> At home, we're an ordinary, busy family, getting up, eating breakfast, getting kids off to school. (laughs) But when we're out, sometimes people stare at us. They look at our children, look at us, and back again. And I wonder genuinely what it is they're looking at. (laughs) And then I remember. Our children are different from us. They're from out borough. Is there? got holes in those legs. Is there a limit to how
1: much this
2: girl can eat this morning. Yes, like a sleepover, my tree. Sleepover? Yeah, you can do. So you have to earn four, and five I'm stars. At whose house? At house. No, darling. If you have a sleepover, you have to invite people here. You can't invite yourself to other people's houses, darling. My name is Jules Gilson. And I came to Ireland in 1996. And I met my husband Vittorio here in 2000. We have two adopted children from Guatemala, Natalie, aged five, and Jacobo, aged four.
0: I am an answer you You've got a big one, OK? No, it's dirty, Mom.
2: We live in a beautiful place, and it seemed to come to us without us trying to find it. After several years of traipsing around County Cork looking for somewhere in the countryside we could call home, a friend telephoned and said they'd seen an ad in the buy and sell for a cottage by the sea. And so, in 2001, we drove to East Cork, down the road to Gariveau, and then left along the winding coast road that dips and twists in and out of a wide view of the sea. At the cottage we met the new-age English couple, who would eventually sell us their cottage without an auctioneer. The house was called Anamkara, which translates as soul friend. And in my naivety, I presumed the house had been called this for generations. When it turned out that the English couple had given the cottage this name, we reeled a little, but the name stayed, part of the long history of this place, and it has been a soul friend to us, as we have come here from three countries to make our family in a fourth Ireland. But we get, get dressed
0: quickly, don't you? Get dressed? So fast. Put your shoes on. Oh. Are they all
2: stuck together?
0: It's, it's all stuck together? Oh, no. Give me, you need to brush your hair. It's all um, over the place.
2: Don't <laughs> Dad! I when we were on our honeymoon on one of the Aeolian islands north of Sicily, I chose a beautiful Italian teapot from one of the potteries. I love this teapot. Every morning, my husband makes me a cup of green tea in it for breakfast. Visiting a friend in Cork recently, I admired her cupboard full of pottery, with the same distinctive blue circles as my teapot, but hers were from Poland. Strange, I thought. When she visited and saw my teapot, she turned it over and found Poland printed on its base. And now I feel differently about my teapot. This is an odd prejudice for me to have, given the amount of countries represented around our kitchen table every day—England, Italy, Guatemala, and Ireland, where we live—and yet we are an ordinary, busy, happy, noisy family. But I still don't feel the same about that teapot.
0: Mm. Mm. Hmm. These are nice, aren't
1: they? Mm -hmm. Daddy, the milk is pink. Oh wow! Milk. Pink milk. Pink bill. I have <laughs> And I have some? I'm Vittorio Bufacchi. I'm married to Jules. I'm the father of Natalie and Jacobo. Jules and I have been married seven years, I think. <clears throat> I used to have a wedding ring with a date on it, which I lost. So I'm not always sure how long we've been married, but we've been together ten years.
2: We've actually been married eight years. We started trying to have a child after about 18 months, and when nothing happened, we had preliminary tests but decided not to pursue fertility treatment. I didn't feel I could cope with IVF. And so Vittorio and I focused our energies instead on adoption.
1: Uh, From my point of view, um, I actually thought... That adopting um, would in some ways be preferable to having my own birth child. And as I said, that was even before uh, we really began the journey. Um, The fact that we adopted from Guatemala, um, I'm probably responsible for that uh, because I went to Guatemala a few times before I even met Jules. And the first time I went to Guatemala, I did something that I'd never done before. Um, I had just finished a stint as a visiting professor at Yale. So I'd been all my life very much locked in ivory towers. And I went to Guatemala for four weeks. And I spent two weeks working in a kindergarten for street children, um... And that's in many ways the first time I was exposed to children and also exposed to Guatemalan children. And I think that kind of stayed with me. Um, So when it became a reality that we were going to adopt, um, as far as I was concerned, there was only one place, and that was Guatemala.
2: The process of being assessed for an international adoption is structured as a series of interviews by social workers, sometimes in the adoption department, sometimes in our home, sometimes together and sometimes alone. We are always on our best behaviour at these meetings. The person interviewing us has the jaw-dropping power to decide whether or not we can become parents. We are asked about our childhood, our families, our relationship... And there isn't anywhere they don't go. It's a daunting and sometimes overwhelming experience. From the time we began the process of adopting our children until we received our son's European passport this year was a period of nine years. It took four years to adopt Natalie, another three to adopt Jacobo, and two more before all his documents were finalised. We started our journey in 2001.
1: We weren't married yet. No, when we weren't we, married. Yeah, we, we had been warned that it was going to take a long time. Yeah. So we get the ball rolling.
2: Yeah. So I remember uh, making that phone call um, to the adoption board in 2001. And um, what a momentous moment it felt like. I think I was alone, but I just rang. And all I did was ring and ask for um, that we were interested in international adoption and... Could they send us the form? And that was all. But I also remember just how huge it was just to do that. And then the next thing that I remember that was really hard is then we got the form back and we had to send in lots of documents. So that was 2001. We started our preparation course the following year or the year after?
1: I think throughout the whole process, which lasted three and a half years from... Four years, four years from...
2: In the summer of 2004, this process ended when we received our declaration. This document meant that we'd been approved by the Irish government to adopt one child from Guatemala. It is the spring of 2005 before we receive a referral, which means a particular child is assigned to us and we begin the process of adopting Natalie. A few years earlier, I sit under the pines at the bottom of our garden and begin an extended letter to my unknown daughter. For my 40th birthday, I am given a beautiful handmade book covered in mustard-coloured leather, and in this I write and write. I tell her we can't wait for her to come to us, that we yearn to be a family, that we long for a time when she will play here in this seaside garden. This morning I've just dropped Natalie at the Educate Together School in Middleton and then I drive the big loop back to Nokadoon and on to Busy Bees where our son Jacobo now. is at Montessori.
0: OK, Jacobo. Two. Again. One. One. Two. Jacobo. Bond. Arrow. Bond. Okay, who can remember what? Me, 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 Stop and stay still. No movement, because if you move, you're out again. Okay? Right? Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. Jacobo loves the dancing part of musical statues, but is a bit rubbish at the staying still part.
0: beside yeah, <laughs> me. Up here, beside me. Oh, okay. you know, you can
2: tell us the year that we adopted our first child, Vittorio had a fellowship. This was a year off from teaching to do research for his next book, and it meant that we were apart for months at a time. In May of 2005... I flew to the United States to visit him for two weeks at Dartmouth College in New Hampshire.
1: I was in Dartmouth for a period of ten weeks and Jules came to visit for two weeks, two of those ten.
2: Yes, and um, I was just sitting in uh, his apartment and I saw him running down the road, down the hill, waving his arms and he was supposed to be seeing students. And I opened the window and said oh, what's 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 the matter and he kept flailing coming up and he ran up the stairs and the adoption agency she rung you
1: the phone rang and i took the unusual step to actually take the phone call in the presence of a student usually i would just let the phone ring and there was the adoption agency to say go and check your email um, your daughter was born her name is natalie and there is uh a photograph of her as an attachment. So I shared the moment of fatherhood with an undergraduate student. <clears throat>
2: you told him that, didn't you?
1: I told him that, and then I told him to leave, because I had better <laughs> things to do. Um, and I checked my email, and there was the photograph.
2: But you didn't look at the photographs then, because you came down to me and you hadn't looked at the photographs. Okay. So I remember you came up and, um, and you told me we'd got this referral and you'd printed out the email.
1: I printed out the email, yeah. yeah
2: and she right. was big, she was eight pounds born, um, which is big especially for a Guatemalan baby. And then you had to go back and see more students. So I was to go back in an hour. So the kind of most momentous news of my li- of our lives had just happened. And
1: um, The thing is, it takes so long for something like that to sink in that you might as well go back and see students because... It takes you know it takes days to process that information. Whereas
2: I, I kind of went to the nearest hotel and rang everybody <laughs> and told them immediately, and then was knocking on your door at about forty five minutes later.
1: And um,
2: so I, we, I came to your office and we um, we took a deep breath and opened these yeah. photographs.
1: Um it's a beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Thing.
2: So the photographs of Natalie, there was about. Eight of them, wasn't there Wasn't there? Yeah. And she was, I think, yeah. my initial amazement was, was she was she was a newborn baby, so she was tiny, but she was really sturdy, yeah. and she was beautiful, really dark, and she had red cheeks, didn't she? And the shock of black hair.
1: Yeah.
2: She had this yellow outfit on, didn't she?
1: And I guess it's it's a beautiful moment, and then almost immediately, you start panicking. Um, how how long will it take before before we can hold her? And every day, it's you know you, you're you're suffering. It's you know another day that I'm not spending with a baby. She's one day older, and we're still on the other side of the world.
2: But at least, um, as opposed to kind of some other countries, that we we had a um, we had a photograph every month. Oh yeah so it was 5 months until we actually traveled to adopt her but each month we we had another photograph and um and it's amazing the amount of kind of investment that you you put in those photographs in terms of
1: yeah.
2: trying to understand what's going to happen to you and uh seeing this child and um i think especially for a first child there's so much that you hold back or certainly for me, that I wouldn't allow, even though we had this referral and we were going through the process of adopting her, I wouldn't fully let myself believe that we that she was going to come home yeah. until we were literally travelling to see her and we bought a cot. Do you remember? Yeah. I just put all the cot together and I put the, the mattress in and and I remember just kind of standing there, staring at it, and it was actually... It was actually that process of kind of putting the cot together that um, kind of made you really understand that it, was kind of, that it was going to happen. In October 2005, a quiet and immaculately dressed foster family hand me a five-month-old baby girl in the foyer of the Marriott Hotel in Guatemala City.
1: You could feel that we were at the edge of something very momentous, but not really quite knowing what it was there's something quite quite incredible about being at a a stage in your life when you know there is going to be a momentous change becoming a parent just changes everything
2: after four years of trying to become an adoptive family and a dozen more of wanting to be a mother i couldn't really process what was happening This small, beautiful girl, with her shock of black hair, was our daughter. Registering my new status as mother would take me months. Such moments would come at me sideways as I watched this strong, gorgeous child rock on her limbs and begin to crawl, as I sang to her slowly, Hola, la preciosa, la preciosa, hola.
1: Yo se lo que son los Tierra de mi amor. De mi
0: My name is Natalie. And um, I went to a party yesterday. But not yesterday, before yesterday. And I went to school and I have a little book and called The Secret Room and it's from my school and we're just having them for a while for a
2: week Are you five all over? Or maybe your knees are still four?
0: No! (laughs) I'm five all over I have brown hair and I have all different kinds of dresses. And even have a scary pumpkin. And out in the window out there.
2: The thing about adoption is that it isn't just the parents that adopt the child, but the wider family, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins. I married an Italian. Buongiorno. Oh. Hello. <laughs> Good morning. So our Guatemalan children Buongiorno. were also adopted mm-hmm. by a gang of what thrilled this Italians.
1: No. No, no.
0: It's a panda. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Ciao, picolino. Good morning. How are you? It's Mexican. Did you sleep well? Oh, 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 oh
2: is Vittorio's sister, Isabella, and her husband, Raffaello. Yeah,
1: Have yeah. uh-huh. see you seen the Yes. you say I But until the horizon, you see the stars. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. until the horizon, you take it. Come on, me. give it a cake. Yeah, you it, Vittorio.
1: No, Whoa. Oh, no,
0: kick. Okay,
2: well, Whoa. Oh, that's a big one. Whoa. Thank you, Jacopo. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay, Jacobo,
2: you throw it to us and we throw it to you. He will that checking for Miss Anna I it! I I can't get I can't I not which says that her birth mother is six months pregnant and can't keep her baby. The agency asks if we would be interested in adopting the child, and something in my belly pit turns over as I hold my daughter close. After he is born and given up, it takes us 27 months to adopt him. We filled in forms, and then we filled them in again. We were cleared by police forces in three countries and then we were cleared again, and then again. We took bundles of documents to Dublin and marched to the four courts and then to the Department of Foreign Affairs. We took the same documents to London, to the Irish Embassy, the Foreign and Commonwealth Office and the Guatemalan Embassy, and then we did it again, and then we waited. We waited whilst one president of Guatemala left office hurrying through a new adoption law. We waited as another president implemented it, We waited as nothing happened, and then we waited some more. We hoped and waited and waited and hoped, but mostly we waited. Whilst we wait, our daughter learns to run and sing and begins to understand that she has a brother. we'd always said that we'd like to, to adopt two children and we assumed that the second child wouldn't be related to the first child and um, the birth mother was uh, scanned and we got this email again, not asking telling us it was a girl and um, we were both, that's great, brilliant you know, it's a girl and uh, of course when he was born he was a boy so we had this bizarre reaction we were kind of like, oh, <laughs> oh and it took us like, well that's fine, that's fine
1: so we get an email saying it's born and it's a boy, and we need a name within the next few hours because we need the name to register. To register. Really.
2: That wasn't on our agenda to name the child, and it felt like such a huge momentous thing. And if you're if you're birth parents, then oh. most birth parents spend months and months, like kind of agonising over the name. And we had 12 hours, so.
1: So Jacobo is the name of a famous. Argue with the most famous president of Guatemala from the 1940s, Jacobo Guzman Arbenz. So that's where the name comes from. And of course, <clears throat> after we gave the name and it was named Jacobo, <laughs> we got another email saying, we forgot to tell you that the birth mother actually left the name. <laughs> called
2: him Matthew. <laughs> called him Matthew.
1: <laughs> so so, so Matthew is the second. Yeah. <laughs> so he's Jacobo Matthew.
2: Yeah. Whereas Natalie is the name that her birth mother gave her and we gave her Maya as her middle name. La luz La luz tu La luz Our daughter's brother was born and named in August two thousand and six. For the following 12 months, we waited to be assessed by the HSE, and once we had our approval, it took another 15 months before we travelled. The last year was dominated by powerful uncertainty. We literally thought we might be travelling at any time. Eventually, in November 2008, we travelled to adopt him. When Jacopo is 8 months old, we fly to Guatemala to visit for the first time. It is Palm Sunday at the Foster family's church. And everywhere there are crowds of people carrying full-sized palms and there is colour and noise. We wait, bewildered and jet-lagged. And then suddenly Tony, the foster mother, is here before me and in her arms is a baby boy. But there is no time to ponder this moment of meeting our child for the first time because he is safely in the arms of his foster mother and we are late. During the service, we are distracted by trying to keep Natalie our nearly two-year-old, from causing too much havoc. We try to follow the service, but we are lost in all kinds of ways. A year later, we visit again when he is 20 months old, and in September 2008, I visit alone for a week of playing cars in the street and blowing bubbles, and one precious night when he sleeps beside me. When we finally travel to Guatemala in November 2008 to adopt him, it is a flurry of chasing paperwork and taxes to Tony and Freddy's and big meals and disbelief. So that when we leave, he is quietly in the car when his foster mother and I hold each other and weep.
1: There are, there are many people in this <clears throat> family. There's Jules and I, and then there's the birth mother, but then there's also the foster family. I mean the sacrifice they they made of really loving a child for two and a half years, and then someone takes him away um, again uh, you know we 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 really owe a lot to them um I remember
2: cleaning my teeth in the bathroom and just tears flooding down my face because after two and a half years we were within hours of getting on a plane, and i couldn't still couldn't really believe it. And I still had to do the leave-taking with the foster mother. And and Terry, uh, Tony um, bathed him and dressed him that morning. And he was in the car. And again, I'd imagined, or we'd both imagined, hysterics because he was so attached to the foster family. And um, instead of which, he, he went happily in the car with the foster father and with Vittorio. And then I went back. To say goodbye to uh, Tony. And she was on the phone to her mother, and she was gesturing me just to go, just go, and I wouldn't. And um, I waited until she was off the phone, and um, she, uh, and we just hugged each other. And, um, but I suppose that's just one of those moments in your life where I feel like hard as it was that it was one of those times where um, I was kind of in the heat of what I was doing. I kind of really braved it. And um, I knew that she knew that it was the best thing, that Jacopo needed to grow up with his sister and that we had adopted him and so forth. But I also knew that who he is at that point was to do with how much love they'd given him. And there's no roadmap for that moment where you know people say you've only got one mother. My kids have three. They have a birth mother, they have this extraordinary foster mother, and they have me and us.
1: I mean you you know, in this in this adventure, you you meet the most extraordinary people.
0: (laughs) Hoy dia luna dia pena. Hoy me levanto sin razón
2: Hoy me levanto y no quiero Hoy día luna, día pena Jacobo has been home with us for nearly two years now and it's hard to remember what it was like before he was part of our family. He's a boisterous, busy four-year-old and a bit impatient with this radio business. OK, Jacob, can you tell me about your weekend? When one day
0: we split the the, the beach, One day we
2: take.
0: I had enough. Then now's Laddie's turn. Oh, all right then, send her in. <laughs> now be your turn. Come on, then.
2: that's the end of the interview. It's it's okay, come on then. then, you come. See you in a minute. Come get your own scooter. Where's your scooter, Yacol? I have a turn. Hey, hey, listen, you asked Natalie for a turn and she said no. Off you get. Then I have a turn. Do you want to go into your bedroom, Yaku? Right, okay now go and get your own scooter. I'll, I'll come where it it's in the
1: kitchen. The sense of responsibility that comes with adopting um, is considerable, Um, I have nothing to compare it with so I don't know what it feels like to be a parent of a birth child and whether one has the same sense of responsibility but it's something that I was conscious of Um, and that, that was something that was very much both at the back and at the front of my mind because You really go out of your way to bring this child across the world and into your family. And the sense of responsibility that comes with that choice is is great, not only because of what you're doing to that child, but because there is a birth mother um, in this world. So as any parent, I want the best for my children and I want it for them. And I also want it for for the birth mother. Um, There's a sense in which you almost wish that the world was different and no one was in a position where they had to give up their child. There is an injustice there. And of course we were the beneficiary of this. What's black and white is that we are the parents. That cannot re- be reversed, um, and rightly so. Beyond that, the brutality of that legal statement, um, no, there is, there is a, a grey area. And uh, I still... It's the first thing that I say to people about what is it like. And I say, you're just reminded every day of how lucky you are um, to be able to adopt um
2: i think that's what's so um poignant about adoption it's i suppose it's a powerful part of our lives which is that your extraordinary unbelievable joy is somebody else's unbelievable loss and um it's important to live your lives daily and take joy and pleasure in it but i also think that we have an incredible responsibility not to forget that
0: me first! Me first! Do me
1: first! No, I'm doing me first.
0: Aww!
1: <laughs> <laughs> you weren't expecting that, were you?
0: Dad! Have you? No,
1: thanks. It's interesting the, um, the reaction that people have when you tell them or when they realize, which is quite obvious, that um, our children are adopted. And one of the clichés is for people to say, oh, your children um, are so lucky that they have this new life and with all the benefits of um, a middle-class family in a rich industrialised world. And, of course, my, my response is always, no, it's the other way around. We are the lucky ones. We are the lucky ones. We are lucky that we are in a position that we can adopt a child. But it's interesting that... You have, you have to sort of tell people what is so obvious to me. I don't know if my children are lucky or not to have us, but certainly I'm extremely lucky to have been in a position where I was able to adopt them.
2: Is yours good, Yeah,
0: delicious.
1: Thank you, mom. There is an issue that I've um, raised with um, another father of an an adopted child um i said you probably think that i'm mad but i actually think that if you adopt a child you love them in a in a different way and i actually think you love them even more because they're adopted and i said is that crazy and he said you know i've always felt the same and I never felt comfortable to share that thought with anyone else. Now, this could be that we're in a club of two, but the love that I'm saying is more is connected to what I was saying before about that extra responsibility that one feels.
2: kids are singing Let's Go Fly a Kite obsessively, scootering around our kitchen table singing their song. I think of the giant kites flown in Santiago, Guatemala, on La Dia de los Muertas, the Day of the Dead, some of them six metres wide, hauled skywards by a gaggle of cheering Guatemalans above graves drenched in marigold petals. These kites connect wandering spirits to the earth, the living with the dead. I hope one day my children will know the difference between these stories and make their own kites to connect with their children as well as their ancestors. Come on, let's go together!
1: It wasn't long ago that we looked back and we thought, wow, we started on this journey and it's actually completed. When Jacopo got his passport... And that was the day when actually the whole process ended. Um, and we pulled it off. We
2: got- yeah, <laughs> now we just got to bring him up. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> um, um, but there was a real sense of both relief and achievement in a sense because, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, you set off on something that it's just as well that we didn't really know what we're getting ourselves into. Uh, we knew it was going to be difficult, but um, and we knew it was going to be long we didn 't know it was going to be so long and and so, and so trying and, and when it 's finished, they kind of you know i don 't like to use the word you know to, to be proud but there is
2: that sense i, I remember in the sense of really yeah.
1: having having achieved something it 's yeah. difficult as it was and long as it was. Um, Obviously, I would do it all over again, but I, I also recommend it. I, I often tell people to consider adoption um, because um, because the rewards, obviously, um, are so much greater than than all the sort of. In a sense, when you look back, the, the petty costs. So. So it is it is something that I sort of strongly believe in. I I, I like the fact that our kids are clearly adopted um, because it's something that I, I am proud of. And um, they're clearly not our birth children, so people know it as soon as they see us. And, uh, and I, there's a side of me who actually is... I, I do like that. Um,
2: you get these smiles, actually... What was I today? it's was just at the swimming pool kind of running through. There's just a particular kind of knowing smile that I get. <laughs> you know, sometimes yeah. people see us. And it's nice. It's generous. It's, um, it's a kind of, ah, well done. <laughs> Look at them. But, um, yeah. In all its complexity, we're just a mum and dad with a couple of kids, and they're bloody gorgeous. Two, one, two. <laughs> <laughs> Oi! Let's try again. Ready? My yuckles turn. Shmid Hamlin, you do the DD. One, two.
0: <laughs>
2: Ready? And one, two. <laughs>
0: one,
1: two. <laughs> Hi. Uh...